Happy Mother's Day. Amen, amen. So uh, uh, before we get into the uh, sermon today, uh, my daughter's going to step up and read a poem. And I want you to listen to this poem because it's what, it's spiritually, it's pretty strong and what, it's spiritually what God does with a mother. I Am Woman by Christiana Reed Moss. My willingness to carry life is the revenge, the antidote, the great rebuttal of every murder, every abortion, and every genocide. I sustain humanity. Deep inside of me, life grows. I am death's opposition. I have pushed back the hand of darkness today. I have caused there to be a weakening tremor among the ranks of those set on earth's destruction. Today, a vibration that calls angels to attention echoed throughout time. Our laughter threatened hell today. I dined with the greats of God's army. I made their meals and tied their shoes. Today, I walked with greatness. And when they were tired, I carried them. I have poured myself out for the cause today. It is finally quiet, but life stirs inside of me, gaining strength. The pulse of life sends a constant reminder to both good and evil that I have yielded myself to heaven and now carry its dream. No angel has ever had such a privilege, nor any man. I am humbled by the honor. I am great with destiny. I birth the freedom fighters. In the great war, I am a leader of underground resistance. I smile at the disguise of my troops, surrounded by a host of warriors, destiny swirling, invisible yet tangible, and the anointing to alter history. Our footsteps, marking land for conquest, we move undetected through common places. Today, I was a barrier between evil and innocence. I was the gatekeeper, watching over the hope of mankind, and no intruder trespassed. There is not an hour of day or night when I turn from my post. The fierceness of my love is unmatched on earth. And because I smiled instead of frowned, the world will know the power of grace. Hope has feet, and it will run to the corners of the earth because I stood up against destruction. I am woman. I am mother. I am the keeper and sustainer of life here on earth. Heaven stands in honor of my mission. No one else can carry my call. I am the daughter of Eve. Eve has been redeemed. I am the opposition of death. I am woman. 
Well, if you got a Bible, turn to Judges, the fourth chapter. We're going to talk about a lady in the Bible, one of the top ladies, and her name is, I'm just, just hanging on there. Her name's Deborah. And she, you say, well, I, I haven't even heard of her, but she's one of the top ladies in the Bible. You know, Mary, the mother of Jesus, I'd say, everybody's heard of Esther, you know, for such a time as this. How many sermons, but how many sermons you heard on Deborah? Who in the world was Deborah? Well, we're going to talk about Deborah, but just for a second, I'm going to tell you a quick story. All the mothers and dads and grandmothers and granddads, uh, my, my youngest grandson, he's been watching this Australian cartoon called Bluey. And in one of the cartoons, that, and they speak Australian. You speak Australian, anybody? You know, Patrick said, uh, I'm glad that he's learning another language, but it's not. So, <laughs> But he's one, and one uh, somebody plays the king and somebody plays the butler. And so he asked me two days ago, he said, hey, can, can I be the king and you be the butler? <laughs> I said, no, I'm not playing that game. And I've told you the Holy Spirit speaks to me different. So I walk away and the Holy Spirit said, you've been his, his butler your whole life. You fix oatmeal, you feed him, you make cereal, you chew the shoes on, change his diaper, you do it, you are his butler. I said, we've been playing this game and I'm not playing this game for real you know, anyway. But we do. We take care of our kids our children, and we want to honor them as well, but we want to honor you. And we're going to talk about a mighty lady uh, in, in Judges, the fourth chapter. And, uh, but, but really, I, I wrote Deborah, mother in Israel. She was a judge in Israel. Moses set up judges, okay? And they had, they had like 80 judges. So there was more than her at this time, but the, the Bible picks her out. And it doesn't say there were other women judges, but it doesn't say there weren't other women judges. It doesn't say that she had children, but she called herself a mother of Israel. She had a heart for Israel. And so as we read, I'll break the story down, but I want you to know that she was a judge. Come on, in the Old Testament, there's types and shadows of things to come to the new. In Acts 2, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and daughters will prophesy. Come on. She was a judge. She was a prophet. She was a poet. Uh, she was a singer-songwriter. She was a warrior. Okay. I don't want to hurt your feelings now. I know most women aren't as strong as, a men, as men physically, unless you, my mom, I was 15 years old before I could out-throw her, but, you know... Some women are strong, but most are not. But we're not talking about, we're talking about spiritual strength. And it takes spiritual strength to raise children, to be a wife, to deal with you man, you know. And, and it takes spiritual strength. And what I want to encourage you that it doesn't matter if you have children or not, you, you're, you can be a mother. Uh, you, you, you can be an influence to a nation. You know, if you follow John Maxwell on leadership, He'll tell you a woman can be president. A woman can be everything that a man can be. They have the mental capacity. They have the spiritual strength. And if you go to our Marriage on the Rock class that we just got out of, women, women are emotionally stronger than men. They can talk about anything. And a man will go, hmm, we ain't talking about that. And so, so there's different strengths. And God put us together, uh, male and female, made he man. And there are strengths. And if you can't, Submit to a woman, then you can't buy her a car, you can't buy a house from her, and you might as well not even check out at Walmart because you're having to submit to her ringing your 
groceries up. Just saying. So get that out of your head. I'm trying to, I'm going after male chauvinism a little bit today too. So, so, so as we dig into Deborah here, she was a mother of Israel. I want to remind you that in Galatians 3.28 says, they're neither male or female, for all are one in Christ. I already said that God will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. And Acts 21.9 talks about Philip having four daughters. Everybody say four daughters. And they all prophesied. Whoa. And Shirley just demonstrated a little bit of that. That's a word of knowledge. She, the Lord spoke to her about somebody having liver problems. The Lord can speak to you. It's time to rise up, women. Time to rise up, men. This is for all of us. And so go and read 1 Corinthians chapter 11, chapter 12, and just underline how many times it says women can flow in the Spirit, and women can prophesy, and women can do the same things that men do. So let's read the story. In Judges 4, 4, now, now Israel had messed up as they usually do, and there was a king that came, and he was putting pressure on them, and, and uh, we, they're going to go after this king, but we're going to talk about Deborah real quick. So in verse 4, now Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Lapidoth. Now, there's some hard words in here, so stick with me. Now, when it says woman, the translation of the Old Testament could have been just woman of Lapidoth or wife. Woman and wife was the same thing. It could be a man named Lapidoth or could it be a city? We don't know. But it's just they translated as a wife. Was judging. She was judging Israel at the time. She used to sit, in verse 5, she used to sit under a palm tree, the tree of Deborah, between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim. And the sons, notice it says, sons of Israel came to her for judgment. Now, I just want to stop right here. She was in the same place all the time, but she was in that place seeking God. And as she sought God, people came to ask her for God's wisdom and to judge of matter. I bought this land from Patrick, and Patrick, he, he took my money, and he won't give me the land. She has to judge these things. But she also prophesied. She also heard from God. And we, I want to just depict that for a minute. You need to find a place where you go to seek God. Every morning, open up the Word on your phone. I don't care. Get into the Word in a place where you can hear the voice of God, where God can speak to you. And she was at this palm tree. She camped out there every day, and she's praising and worshiping. Uh, you know, she was a worshiper too. Okay, that's something to be said. And, and so she's under this palm tree. Now, in verse 6, now this was every day. This just, we read these verses, and we think it just happened like that. But no, she'd been judging for a while. So verse 6, now she sent and summoned Barak the son of Abinom, from Kadesh Neptali, and said to him, Behold, the Lord, the God of Israel, has commanded, Go and march to Mount Tabor and take with you 10,000 men from the sons of Neptali and from the sons of Zebulun. And I will draw out, uh, and I will draw out to you Sisera, the commander of Jabin's army, with his chariots and his many troops, over Kishon, over to the river Kishon, and I will give him into your hand. We're going to stop right there. Now, now this king had really been putting the pressure. Now, he had 900 iron chariots. You know, if you ever watched the movie Gladiator and she 
Think about how bad chariots are. And all you got is maybe a spear or a sword or maybe a bow, but these are iron chariots. And they knew how to use them. They run you down, run you over. 900 of them, plus an army. But God said, it's time, I'm time, it's time for you to be delivered. I don't care how big the enemy looks. It's time for you to be delivered. We sang a couple of songs about it. When I see the enemy, you see the victory. God sees victory. Well, wait a minute. They got 900. You know how we are? We pull out our excuses. Let me get them out. I can't do that. I'm not smart enough. I can't do this. I, oh, our, our area is depressed. There's no good jobs around here. Eh. Come on. God will bring a job here for you, a better job. God will increase you. God will give you wisdom to do that job. You just have to ask. You just have to step into that role. Well, they won't let somebody like me do. Yes, they will. If you will work, there are people looking for people who will work. That's what they want. So you've got to change. God will change you and help change you, and God will open doors. That's the awesome thing about God. I can, that's another sermon for another time, but God will open doors. And you have got to believe him. It's time to start believing God. She believed God, and she told him that if we go, God will uh, uh, bring out the enemy, and I will give him into your hand. Then Barak said to her, if you will go with me, then I will go. But if you will not go with me, I will not go. Now, he heard the word of the Lord from her, but he just a little bit, mm, mm. Well, sometimes you can take somebody with you. Pray for me. That's taking somebody with you. Pray for me. Pray for somebody. You're going with them. We send people on mission trips to Africa and different places. We go with them. Haven't never been to Africa, but I have sent some awesome people. And we have some awesome people over there doing some awesome things. And so we go with them. And she literally, though, went with him. That's why she, she counted as a warrior. And so she said, surely I will go with you. Nevertheless, the honor shall not be yours on the journey that you're about to take. For the Lord will sell Sisera into the hands of a woman. Then Deborah rose and went with Barak to Kadesh. Barak and Zebulun and Naphtali together with to Kadesh and 10,000 men went with him and Deborah also went with them. Now we're going to stop there for time's sake, but they, they won a victory that day. And, and Sisera took out. He's running. I'm going to finish the story real quick. And it wasn't into Deborah's hands that he was given into, but he's running and he is tired. Anybody ever been tired of running? You know, there's some point in life when you're sick and tired of being sick and tired and you need to do something. Spiritually, you need to do something. I'm tired of this mess. And so it's time to start praying. It's time to start do something. They were just under the pressure of this, this king. And God said, okay, it's time to do something. People were calling out to God. People were praying. God's answering prayer. And you know who he, how he answers prayer? Money falls out of heaven? No, he answers prayer through you or somebody like you or maybe your job. Increase may come through your job. God opens door. God uses men to bless us. So this guy is running, and he's tired, and he's running into a town, and there's a woman who says, come on in here, I'll hide you. Well, they had peace in that community, but she didn't have any because this man had killed her husband. She goes, hide under this rug. And he hid under the rug, said, give me something to drink, and he gave her something to, she gave him something to drink, covered him up with a rug. He went to sleep. 
And she drove a tent peg through his head. Then when Barack came into town, she goes, come here, I'll give you the man you're looking for. Kind of cold, kind of tough, kind of ugly. That's the Old Testament. See, we don't have that much today. So we're under grace and mercy. And a lot of times, because we're under grace and mercy, we lose our respect for God. Don't lose your respect for God. God is still God, even though we're under grace and mercy. Grace and mercy didn't show up much in the Old Testament. God wanted to show up, but when his people were under, when he's trying to get Jesus into the earth and everybody and their mama's trying to destroy Israel, he's got to stop it. You with me? So let's dig into this real quick and let's, let's go in. So we're going to talk about Deborah. And as we look at this story, I have three points. And they're for everybody in the room, not just mothers and grandmothers and ladies today, but it's for every person in the room. Number one is we need to be obedient. She was obedient to go to that tree every day. She was obedient to pray every day. She was obedient to hear the voice of God, to seek God's counsel. When's the last time you asked God? Yeah. That's why we need to be asking God. We need to be seeking God. We need to be praying. You know, I, I've told stories that I, I used to drive to work. I had scriptures memorized, and on the way to work, I'd say, Father, I thank you. I'm going in the field today. I'm going to the city today. And the word says I'm blessing the city and I'm blessing the field. Fruit of my body, my children are blessed. My kids are going to have a great day in school today. But I thank you everything I put my hand to. Whatever I sell today, I put my hand to, it's blessed. How many times y'all ever said that? You need to start calling yourself blessed. Most people can't see themselves blessed. Just like, hear it? Can you say, I'm blessed? blessed. Say it a little bit louder. Say it where the devil can hear it. All right. See, you need to say it like you mean it. Because the devil's going to come and test your metal. We talked about him last Sunday. He's going to say, ah, let's see if they believe that. Hmm? So you need to learn to bind him, and you need to call the peace of God. You call those things which be not. We'll hit that in just a second, but... You need to learn like Abraham and call those things that be not. What is it that's not in? Well, we don't have any money. Have you called money? Have you called for overtime? Have you called for an extra job? Have you called for a better job? Well, you know, my, my bursitis and uh, my pancreatitis and my hepitis and my toeitis and come on, it ain't yours. God didn't create you with all that. God wants you to be perfect. It's the curse in the earth that causes all this knucklehead stuff to happen in your body. You know, you get around. My, one of my grandmothers, she, she always did that organ recital. You know, my back, my liver, my, hear that and hear my neck? Can you hear my neck cracking? And what? Uh-uh. That's not ours. We need to be calling. If you want to change something, you got to call it something different. If it's not here, if, if healing's not here, call it. You do it all the time. Where'd that dog go? Where did that dog go? Yeah, Bobby, come on, dog. Come on, Spot. You don't see it, you call it. What about spiritual things? That's what prayer is. You're calling things into being. Wait a minute. I speak life to my children. Favor over my children. Blessing over my life. I speak healing over me. Okay. Okay, it's Mother's Day. Smile at somebody. Say, he's talking to you. So 1 Samuel 15, 22, I want to show you something right quick. You know, in the Old Testament, they sacrificed lambs. We would have 
as you came in, you'd have to bring your lamb in here, and somebody would have to kill it, and they'd sprinkle blood on you. Thank God we don't have to do that anymore. I mean, I can skin it and kill it and sprinkle the blood on you, but it's nasty business. But Jesus died once and for all. Amen? And thank God he did. And so, so Samuel's telling uh, the first king of Israel, see, he said, when you go in and you go to attack, don't keep anything. Everything belongs to God. And so they took sheep to sacrifice, and they kept this, and they kept things back. And Saul kept things back. Samuel comes and says, y'all hear those sheep? Where do those sheep come from? Oh, well, well, they were some good sheep, and, and we got them from the enemy. And, and we're going to sacrifice them. And we're going to just sacrifice to God and believe God. To, to Samuel's like, this is what he says. Has the Lord uh, as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices and in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed the fat of rams. Obedience is always better. They sacrifice because they missed it somewhere in their life. If you don't miss it, you don't have to sacrifice. And what you sacrifice to keep, you'll end up losing anyway. Always obey the Lord. We want to obey the Lord. That's how Deborah rose to power, of wisdom. Uh, the authority became a mother in Israel because she was obedient. One more scripture before we move forward. Ephesians 6.1. If you hadn't been quoted this at you, you hadn't been in church very long. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. And I can talk about, you know, for, for this is right. And verse 2. Verse 2 up there. I got it if you don't. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. What's the promise? Verse 3, so that it will be well with you and that you may live a long life in the earth. Such a easy scripture. Don't y'all play in that road. Get down out of that tree. I told you to get down out of the tree. It's why your arm's broke now. You got run over. Get up, walk into the house. Don't get any blood in the house. That was for boys. Girls, they all dote over the girls. I'm just kidding. But obedience. God gave us parents, grandparents, and made us parents and grandparents. But even get, has given, if you're, if you're in this room and you're not teaching in there, then you have influence over those children. You should be praying over our children that come to this church, your neighbor, the children's in, in the schools. I mean, how many are praying for the schools? We need to be praying for our schools. I told you last Sunday that there was a flyer went out that they're starting a satanic club in Greensboro, North Carolina, and Christiansburg coming to a school near you. Better pray. We need to pray. God has called us to pray. And God has called us to, to be obedient to him. You learn how to be obedient to God by being obedient to your parents. Your children learn how to be obedient to God by being obedient to you. Teach them obedience. Obey, obey, obey quickly, you know. Number two, be courageous. Ooh be courageous. I just want to say, if God doesn't call a qualified, he qualifies the called. If God's called you to do something, he's going to make it where you're qualified to do it. He'll add it to you. Your, your 
part is to obey, obey, and now let's get some courage when we're obedience. And it doesn't matter. You can be like standing there. First time I ever got up to preach, I'm like Jerry Savelle said, all the hair on my leg stood out, broke off, and piled up on the ground all around me. I was so scared. He's hilarious. But it's true. If I called you up here and asked you to sing, <laughs> nope, you wouldn't even get out of your chair. But wait a minute. God just doesn't just put you on the spot. God puts it in your heart first. Hey, you know, I think I can do that. Wonder what I, what about that? Let me think about that. And all of a sudden you start planning it out and you start thinking about it. God puts that dream in your heart, that plan in your heart, but you've got to get the courage to step up and obey the Lord. And listen, everybody's called. Not to be a public speaker or stand in front of the, the church and do that, but you're called to be a leader of your own house, a leader of your own life, a leader of the children or the people that you have influence over, but you have got to get yourself. God has called you to be a better woman of God, a man of God. He's called us. We're all called. I used to, man, back when I, in the 80s and the 70s, you know, you're full-time ministry, then you're not, if you're not in full-time ministry, you're not in ministry. Baloney, I don't care if you're washing hair at Walmart in the hair department, you're in ministry. If you're stocking shelves at, at, at Rural King, you're in ministry. Because you have influence over everybody you talk to. Does anybody other than me have people that they love to hang out with? Yeah, just about five of us. The rest of you, you just stay alone, go get in a cave. <laughs> Hear me. If there are people that you like to hang out with, it's time to become one of those. What does it take? If people aren't wanting to hang out with you, maybe you're doing something. Maybe you need to brush your teeth. Let's start right there. Put some deodorant on. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. I went right out the door. <laughs> deodorant, okay. Now, but then how are you acting? Are you talking? Do you smile? Or you just sit there mean and, and you people got to walk away? But to be we're called to be friendly, to have influence. And so God wants us to have influence, and it takes courage to go up to somebody and shake their hand that you never met or to speak to somebody you don't know. But it's time to break those walls down. It's time that, you know, if we're in the last days, it's time not to go live in a cave. It's time to make the table bigger at the house and start inviting people over yeah. and start telling people about Jesus because he's coming. Amen. And if you really, really believe that Jesus is coming back, then you need to start acting like it. Start living for him with all your heart, with all your might. And it takes courage. In Joshua 1, 9, we've quoted this a lot. And, and God said, have I not commanded you to be strong and of good courage? Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Do you know that the Bible says that in the New Testament, that Jesus said, I'm with you always. I never leave you nor forsake you. Man, so he's right here. He's over my right shoulder. Actually, he's right here, the Holy Spirit. But Jesus is with me. The Holy Spirit's with me. When I got born again, the Holy Spirit came into my heart, my life. And I have the one that's the smartest being in the universe, God living on the inside of me, who created everything, including man. God said, and the Holy Spirit, go back and read it. God said, 
Let there be light. The Spirit of God hovered on the waters. He's like, come on, say something. Let me go make it for you, God. Just say it, and I'll make it for you. If he created everything and he lives on the inside of me, guess what? I have that creative ability. You have that creative ability to think out of the box, to think something different. How can I sell this? How can I buy this? What, what, what kind of, Lord, I need favor. I need a house. You ever had somebody come up to you and say, I want to sell you my house? I'm going to finance it for you. Whoa. I was 18 years old. I had a man in my church said, I got two acres of land. I'm selling it to you. And I'm like, what? Yeah, I'm selling it to you. Could sold it to anybody. We said, I'm selling it to you. I paid $2,000 for two acres. I went and signed the papers at the bank, and I went home and cried because I owed somebody something. A little bit of pride there. If I can't get it with these two hands, I don't need it, huh? That's pride. The Lord took care of pride a long time ago in me. And so I, I, I went home, but I started making payments, and in two and a half years, I doubled my money. So he walked up and handed me actually $2,000 that day. That's God. That's God. That's out of the box. Father, I thank you that you direct me to the blessing, that people, I have favor, and that people favor me, and that people want to bless me. Come on, can you see that in you? One, two, three. Can anybody else see that in them? All right, let me help, help me out. Look at somebody and point at them and say, I see that in you. I see the favor of God in you. Now, you got to be courageous enough to go and sign the papers, or you got to be courageous enough to dish out the money. It takes courage. It takes courage. We, it takes courage to fulfill the call. But all we do is look around. No, 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 no. Somebody just said in here, nothing like that's ever happened to me. We have got to change. We have got to start believing God. I believe that's the next series. We're going to believe God. Believe God for his favor. Believe God for his blessing. Believe God for his increase. Believe God for healing. Believe God. It takes courage to believe God, especially when you're hurting. Believe God for healing. That's where you get somebody else to pray for you. Come camp out. God is God, and he is for you. But we live in the world system too much. We look at what everything's going on, and we get built up with worry and pent up with anger and, and all these things, and we're not trusting God when we're in that shape. But guess what? In a moment of time, God can just take one step. You take one step towards God, he's taking a step towards you. And he goes, come on, come on, come on. I want to get you out of the muck and the mire. Be strong and be courageous. Let me stop right here. When, when, when you become courageous, when you become obedient, you know what happens? Wisdom starts coming because you've stepped out. Okay, God, I don't know how to handle this, but I'm stepping out. I'm stepping out. Then now you step out and wisdom comes. Wisdom comes. How, how to do the next steps, how to do the job. And you know, if, if God gave you the whole plan, you'd run and mess it up. You know, if you ever hold a toddler's hand, you let them go, and they take off running, they fall flat on their face, skin their nose, knees, elbows. That's the way we do. If we find half the plan, we start running, and we trip, and God said, wait a minute, just stop, walk with me. I'm walking with you. So hold God's hand and stay a half a step behind him. Don't run for the goal. 
Let him lead you. All right? Number three. Stand true. What in the world does that mean? Stay faithful. Stay faithful. Stand true. Stay faithful to the one who's faithful. If you got a hold of God's hand, don't let it go. In Revelations 1, 19 and 11, this is Jesus' name. Anybody ever wore a jersey for the high school team on their back? Or, you know, when you, or you wore a sweater or a shirt? Listen to what it says. Now I saw heaven open and behold a white horse. And he who sat on him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness he judges and makes war. This is Jesus. And on his clothes, on his thigh, righteous and faithful. He's faithful. God's faithful. But God's called us to be faithful. Deborah was faithful every day to be at that tree, every day to, to hear people's problems and, and, and faithful to ask God for wisdom, faithful to obey God. She called Barack, said, come on, we're going to war. Are you kidding? They got 900 iron chariots. You got to go with me. He needed some courage. She went with him and gave him some courage. We have to remain faithful to the one who's called us. I talked about Abraham in Romans 4.20. Abraham was 80 years old when he started believing God for a child. Let's see, 60, 70, 80. You're too old. God changed his name to Abraham. Took him out and started teaching him. I don't care if you're too old. We're going to show, some, we're going to show you some things and we're going to show the world some things. Count the stars, Abraham. Whoo. Can't count them. Only you know, Lord. That's how many kids you're going to have. And I'm one of them. He took him out to the desert and, and said, count the sand. Go to the beach and count the sand. I can't. There's so many kids you're going to have. He's starting to build a vision in him, starting to build some faith in him, starting to build some courage in him, starts building faith and believe that God can do it. Took him 20 years. You can read it in two minutes, but it took 20 years. Almost 100. But notice, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. It took him 20 years to quit wavering. It won't take you that long because you're already a child of God. You have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. He did not. He did not have the Holy Spirit on the inside. God is faithful to keep his promises. God is faithful. It's up to you to believe and grab a hold of the promise of God, to walk in the things of God, to go after them. And we'll stop just for a second. Anybody other than me ever had a headache or hurt shoulder or knee and you take off and you go after, go to the medicine cabinet. You go to the medicine, you open it up and you pull your Tylenol, your Advil or whatever it is and you pop two of them. And then you go back and sit down and wait for them to take effect. It don't happen instantly. The promises of God work the same way. You got to go after them. You got to walk into that and open up the, the word of God, find that promise Matthew 8, 17, Jesus himself bore my sickness and my infirmities. I walk in health. I'm whole. I'm strong. I'm standing on that. Lord, I thank you that you're my healer. I thank you that you promised it, so I'm going to receive it. 
And if you have to take a Tylenol Advil, that's fine. But my point is, it's going to come from God. It's just killing the pain. There's still something else there. We need to believe God. We need to go to His promises. If you don't go to work, you don't get paid. You show up. I know people show up early and should. But if you don't work, you don't eat, the Bible says, or you don't get paid. If you don't go after the promises, how are you ever going to receive them? Maybe one day they'll just waft over me. There it goes right there. Wait a minute. No. On purpose. Believe God on purpose. Every day that you're going to declare the things of God over your life. Every day you're going to remain faithful to God. You're going to believe Him. I believe in you, Lord. I believe that you for me. You're for me so much that Jesus died on the cross for me. You sent your only begotten Son. Uh, what, what am I doing? I'm trying to pep you up a little bit to believe for bigger and greater things. He said, I'll be your source. He told Abraham, I'm your reward. How cool is that? Man, I am your exceeding reward. I'm going to bless you and everybody through you. You know, life, life is rough. This earth's cursed. We don't know what's coming down the road. But we know somebody's going to be there with us when it comes. Whether it's good or bad, we know somebody's going to stand with us and we're going to make it through because God's faithful. And we're going to call on Him. We're not just going to cancel everything because, whoa, this happened. I've seen so many people and I thought they were superstars, thought they were just more mature than what they were and they just collapse when something bad happens. Oh, no, no, no. Something comes, man. We got to blow up and fight. We're going to get our shield out. Where's my helmet at? Somebody pass me a sword. Let me get my boots on. You know, you go to Louisiana, you got a pair of rubber boots. And you may lose them. Because the muck and the mire and the mud, you're trying to wade through it, and you, your boot comes off. And you look back, and it's gone. Now you got to wade out barefooted. My point is, you put, your, you put your, the, your, the armor on of God, it doesn't come off. It's yours. You don't have to physically put it on. It's already on. You just got to remember, wait a minute. I got a helmet of salvation. I got a breastplate of righteousness. I have a spirit of truth. I've got the boots. I've got the sword. I got prayer. In Proverbs 3, 5. All I'm talking about is right here wrapped up in Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean to your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn from evil. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. Every day we're going to acknowledge God is God, and God's got me. Well, Pastor Brett, what, what happened if you got in a car wreck and, and, and got killed tomorrow? Busting heaven wide open. I'll be waiting on you. But if I'm listening, God's going to say, wait a minute. Slow down. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. It's one of the questions we had on the sheet. People want to hear the voice of God, and God will speak to us, and God will help us. But God will put you in a situation where you'll help somebody else. And you'll wonder, why in the world am I going through this? Because they wouldn't make it without you. 
You hear me? And so God will put you in situations because you're mature enough to handle it. And you're going to help carry everybody else through that situation. We don't want to hear that. We just want life to be rosy and full of candy and chocolates. But it's not. But that's all right. We have the power and the life of God on the inside of us. We're overcomers, more than conquerors. The Bible says we have victory. That we're called to be a success and not a failure. But you know, isn't it odd that we all major on our failures? It's crazy. Well, I, I did that, but I didn't do that or this or that. That was on my list to do, and I didn't get to do that. Come on. Look at how blessed we are. You know what? You may not have had a very good mother, but guess what? She birthed you, and you are here. You are here on this planet, and you can make a difference no matter who your parents go. God said, I'll be your mother, and God said, I'll be your father. God said, I got you. Matter of fact, we are in the family of God. I love my parents, and I loved all my grandparents, but listen, it's more strong, stronger It's stronger in me that I'm in the family of God. And they're in the family of God. And so honor your birth parents. But know that God's your father, that God's your mother, that God's everything that you need. I want you to bow your heads today. Father, we thank you for your word. Father, as we had the worship service this morning, I just know somebody here, Lord God, they need to know you. They want to know if you're real. So reveal yourself, Holy Spirit, to these. Reveal yourself. To those that don't know you, that want to know you in a greater measure. If that's you today and you're not sure you're saved or you want to get saved for the first time, would you just lift your hand and say, Pastor, pray for me. I need Jesus. We're not going to embarrass you, call you out, but I will say when you raise your hand that all of heaven comes to attention. I see that hand. All of heaven comes to attention. I see that hand. God's for you to give your life to him, to come back to him. Maybe you got saved a long time ago and you want to give your life fresh and new to him today. Recommit. You have it all, Lord. You have it all. If that's you, just lift your hand. Maybe one more. I see that hand. You have it all, Lord. You can have it all. Let's all pray together. Father, I give you my life, fresh and new today. I give you my heart, everything I am. Stir in me, renew in me a right spirit. I want to be close to you in every area. Draw me in. Reveal yourself in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're giving your life to Jesus for the first time, I want you to say this. I accept you, Jesus, as Lord and Savior. Just say that in your heart right now. I accept you, Jesus, as Lord and Savior. I believe that you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for me. Glory be to God. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about Legacy Church and other resources, visit us online at LegacyFamily.info.